and welcome to the Heal, Equip, and Release podcast. I'm your host, Karen Cruz. I'm a wife, a mom of five, a licensed counselor, and I am so passionate about seeing women set free as they are healed, equipped, and released into their God-given identity and purpose. Scripture tells us that God made each one of us with a specific plan and purpose in mind, and His plan for our lives is meant to lead us to a future of hope, blessing, and unshakable peace. However, today many of us find that we are far from experiencing this promise in our daily lives. The truth is, we are in a war, and the battle plan of our enemy is to wound us in such a way that we miss out on the fullness of God's vision for our lives. In this podcast, I will walk with you and lead you to an experience of God's healing that will renew your mind, reignite your spirit, and set you free to joyfully fulfill the unique mission God has placed on your life. Hello, friends, and welcome to the second half of my interview from last week with my friend JC Jimenez as she shares just the story of healing and redemption in her marriage and just the power of surrender. And I just want to speak a word to anyone listening who is finding themselves in a difficult marriage. I just pray that this story will call you to a deeper hope. I know sometimes stories like this can maybe be difficult as we sometimes wonder, you know, when our ending is going to be happier and when we're going to receive all that God has. But I just pray that, that as you listen, you will grow in expectation and grow in trust and surrender and the ability to just bring any of those places that you've maybe not yet surrendered to the Lord or any of those places where you've been afraid to hope that all that would be brought out into the light and that you would just step into a deeper hope for what God can do and for healing in your own story and in your own marriage. So thanks for listening. And I started seeing things that, that had to change for us to be whole together if we were ever going to be. Um, and I started setting up boundaries. I started, um, I did read a few, I did read the boundaries in marriage book. Um, and that was helpful. And, um, I started setting up boundaries to see, to protect myself, um, and to see if he would respect them. Um, and it gave me the strength and the courage to to kind of stand up for myself in that way, not in a, you're awful, I hate you way, but in a, this is what's right and what's just in for you and for me, you know, for my husband and myself. And um, I would not have had the strength or the courage to do that before. I was very much just a lover and not a fighter. And I would have let him walk all over me, you know, previously to, to keep the peace, to keep the calm. It's mm. so huge, JC, because I think this step is one that it's it's hard to get to this place like because it, it's it takes so much courage and an inner strength and an inner peace because it's like mm-hmm. I like to tell people anger isn't a sin you know actually you know and, you know you hear this Jesus Jesus <laughs> got angry he got really angry he knocked over some tables you know anger is a is a emotion that moves us to action to to fight for justice in a in a good way in fact sometimes not being angry can be a sin um, the kind of passivity that, that can allow mm-hmm. evil to continue. And so you had what just only what God can give this ability to have sort of a, 
an anchor under control that says like, no, like this is not mm-hmm. just, this is not okay for me, for my kids. I, and, but at the same time, with speaking without speaking, like just through your tone, I know that's like, I know you're better than this, you know, like, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to allow you to get away with this anymore out of love, which is what a parent, you know, in some ways, like you were like the more of a parent in the situation than like a, you know, with where he was in, in his place, but like a parent loves their kids, not by enabling them. Well, to allow him to continue to treat you this way without any consequence would be sort of enabling. And so you setting boundaries was really I mean, I know yeah. it is the, one of the hardest things and a huge step. And for so many people, I think the reason boundaries are so hard to set is because they're still stuck in shame. And the boundary mm-hmm. like is, it sets up such a panic because there's this fear of being left if I set up this boundary. Yeah. And you had this freedom, detachment from the outcome because you knew you were not going to be alone no matter what. Mm-hmm. And that was something mm-hmm. only God could give you because he's the only one who's never going to leave you. And, and you had not just, not just the scripture that says I'm never going to leave you, but you had a personal, multiple personal encounters with God in prayer. And I just think this is one of the biggest takeaways I wanted people to have, like to get hungry. If you're listening to this and you're like, I want that, whether you have a, I mean, and not just people who are like in a difficult marriage, like all of us are meant to have that kind of relationship with God that it's like a peace that comes no matter what circumstances are. You don't need to panic because you're not alone. Like you can face mm-hmm. the hardship. You can do the hard thing and God convicts you like he convicted you. And so I just, I mean, the, I just want you to keep telling the story here. Cause it just, this, this is just a crazy story. So, yeah. um, crazy, good, crazy God. Um, so, yes. so you, you set boundaries, which I know is one of the yes. hardest things for you from the beginning to do. Yeah. So yeah, just keep going. Keep telling the story. Yeah. Um, so as I set boundaries, um, you know, as I established, you know, clear feelings and expectations with my husband in, in this time, um, he wasn't, he wasn't ready. He wasn't ready for those boundaries. Um, and it made things worse. Um, I remember, you know, we were, we were separated and, um, you know, sleeping in separate bedrooms and he still, you know, had all of his stuff in our bedroom. He, um, would still come and use the master bathroom as his main bathroom, the mess, you know, shower in it, shave in it, brush his teeth in it. Um, he just slept up in the guest bedroom. Um, and one of the boundaries I set was if you're not living in this bedroom with me, please use your own bathroom because it's not helpful for me for you to be here in this bathroom um, and just walking into my bedroom unannounced or um, I think one of the times actually that he walked in that made me set that boundary. I was actually on the phone with you, Karen. Um, and he just walked in without knocking and went to the bathroom and he was thinking he was going to take his shower for the night. And, um, and he looked at me so shocked that I had asked him to not be in that bathroom. Um, and he took a step upstairs and he went um, and took a shower upstairs, but then, um, he texted me later, like one o'clock in the morning 
um, he texts me and he just basically kind of like got upset and said, I can't believe that you wanted me to shower in a different bathroom. <laughs> like, okay. Um, you know, something seemingly normal. And then um, he also, things kind of started escalating from there as I set boundaries. Um, things that started scaring me. And I told him multiple times that he was scaring me and he wasn't understanding it. He wasn't, he couldn't see it. Um, and, you know, from the beginning, I thought this was a spiritual attack and, you know, Satan is out for marriages. Um, but, he, you know, hindsight, I, I see, he just, he couldn't see the clarity from my perspective. He couldn't see why. I would be scared of him in these situations. Um, you know, he did things. Um, one of the things he, he took me off our um, Nest security camera accounts. Um, he started saying things out of anger that felt threatening to me um, and life-threatening. Um, at one point, he was going out of town and um, he was leaving for a week and I had gotten to the point where I was so scared and he wasn't, um, you know, respecting my boundaries that the morning he was leaving, I went and changed our um, lockbox code, like on our front door. And I didn't tell him. And somehow before leaving, he got locked out and had to come back in. And he got very angry that he found out that I had changed that code. Um, and that scared me even more because of his anger at he was feeling like he was losing control. I was feeling like I was losing control. And it was this crazy storm building up. Um, then I went to go talk to a priest because I had no idea what to do at this point. At this point, I was scared. I thought things were gonna escalate really bad and get violent and physical. And it, it was very scary to me. And I went to a priest and what I got out of it um, was that I was enabling this by continuing to put up with it. Um, I was, you know, I didn't need to be ashamed of taking steps towards, you know, official separation or further because it wasn't me. I wasn't the problem. I wasn't the, the one that needed to fix it. And at this point, if I stayed in that relationship and continued to try to fix it my way that it was all enabling. Um, and that took a lot of the shame out of it because, you know, I was thinking that I'd be, you know, I was ashamed of thinking of even like allowing Juan to divorce me, you know, um, or separate or anything like it was, very hard for me to overcome and but after talking to the priest and continuing to hear 
God. Um, I actually ended up um, getting a lawyer and I filed for divorce. I needed to stop everything in its tracks. I had no idea what God had in store. Um, I told you earlier that I know he spoke to me in the shower and in the shower that night, back in November, I had heard him tell me that he was going to heal our marriage. And when I filed for divorce, I still believed that somehow, even if it wasn't this side of earth, that he would, or this side of heaven, that he would heal our marriage. I knew that God would heal our marriage somehow. And that I just had to do the steps that God put in front of me. Um, and even from there, it, it got, it got crazy still. The storm kept brewing. Um, I had filed for an emergency protective order as well from, you know, other things that had happened and scared me. It was granted. Um, and before my husband was served with those papers, um, he was also trying to control me coming back home. He kept trying to tell me to come back home. I had been away at my parents and um, staying with Karen actually. And he kept trying to control it. And that scared me even more, which is one of the reasons I got the protective order because of things that he had said. But he threatened to come take the children. And that scared me. He said he was calling the police to come take the children from me. Um, and he hadn't been served with his protective order yet. And so when the police showed up, um, my husband actually showed up and he incriminated himself on something that was in the protective order. And my husband actually went to jail for 13 days. And it just seemed like I took one step that was so scary and I hated like it it felt like it shattered the world around me to do to to file for divorce to to file for this emergency protective order but then everything that spiraled out of that it felt like God was completely taking our world Juan's world and shaking it upside down to rid us of all of the evil that had started coming into our hearts. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, it's just crazy. Like I, I remember you being with me and you were going down to back, you know, to, I remember exactly just to go back and you knew you were going to see him or maybe see him and you had the protective order and all this stuff was happening. And then the next thing I know, you told me he was in jail and I was like, wait, what? Like, did he violate the protective order? Like immediately? Like, what, what was that? And then, no, like you said, he, you know, just, and it just crazy ways that no one would ever predicted, like God mm -hmm. allowed him to be arrested and go to jail. Um, and even then I was like, well, this is not going to make it any better. 
like any any hope of him being like forgiving and like okay well let's try to let's try to work this out is like in, in my mind in your mind probably was like well that's not this is just gonna make it harder he's gonna be so mad like he's gonna be so yeah. mad when he gets out he's just gonna hate you so much more than yeah. you know and uh it's just amazing like god came in and and you to think like god sometimes needs to put us in jail you know to like wake us up and basically like yeah i mean this is sort of the the end of, of not the end the end of the beginning the end <laughs> that became the beginning so tell, tell the rest so he, he goes to jail for two weeks essentially yeah crazy guy um, does no criminal record guys like he's never done anything like never broken never the law before uh, no and even even the charges that you know he got against him was you know my perspective against his perspective and it was all out of fear and out of just like the the commonwealth you know being overly cautious um, and him basically, like, you know, he even talked to the cop who arrested him about it. Um, and, like, you know, in his mind, he's like, there's no way that I would be arrested for this. Like, yeah, I'm going to talk to you and tell you the truth. And this is what happened between my wife and I. And um, so, yeah, um, he and he was angry, you know, yeah. like he... He's also had to work through a lot of, you know, his wounds and his lies. And um, he was very angry feeling like I sent him to jail at first. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just, it's crazy. Both of our perspectives seeing like, I had no idea at first until probably 48 hours later, the official reason why he even got arrested because he showed up and the cop, I, I, told the cop who I was talking to that that was my husband when he pulled down the street and then he started driving away well so all of the arrests happened like around the block from where I was I didn't see any of it um and so you know I had no idea I was so scared at that point things had gotten so out of control that you know I was imagining all of these things could have been happening um and Juan was imagining that I was just gone crazy and called the police on him and tried to get him arrested like he didn't even realize all of the other steps in between about the I he didn't know yet that I had filed for the protective order he didn't know yet that I had filed for divorce um so in jail as he was you know thinking this was crazy you know, and surreal, and it felt like a crazy nightmare to him. Um, he was angry at first, but the first couple of days he got, you know, the, the day he was arrested, he got filed with a protective order. The day after he was arrested, he, he got filed, he got um, served, sorry, served, not filed. He got served the um, divorce order. Um, and so, you know, he's in jail, this awful place where I could not believe that my husband was in jail. Um, and he's there and experiencing it and on top of that like his life on the outside world is also falling apart um you know he's feeling like his kids are being taken away from him he's feeling like his wife has given up on him um his business at the time i had no info on um how to 
you know, get his employees paid. And he couldn't even call me about that. He couldn't call me about anything because there was this protective order. So for two weeks while he was in jail, um, and then even two weeks after, you know, as he went through his feeling completed in Jesus in jail. And um, even, you know, I learned afterwards that he was going through his own journey um, about a week before jail was when he really started to experience God coming into his heart more um, and changing it. But he, you know, I guess the month of the jail and then the two weeks afterwards, he had been praying. And so my husband is not Catholic. Um, and one of the things immediately after jail is he, um, felt like he wanted to be close to Christ and he felt that the only place he could do that was at a Catholic church because it was the middle, it was nighttime, um, and no churches were open, but he knew that the presence of Jesus was that he was officially authentically present in the Catholic church in the tabernacle, he knew that Christ would be there, um, even if the doors were closed and locked. Um, and so he actually went and sat outside of a Catholic church after he got out of jail. Um, and then that weekend, he actually went to the church we got married at. Um, and he kept praying and kept asking God, like, if this was what he wanted to show him a sign. Um, and so, you know, part of his story is he is, um, converting to Catholicism. Um, but in that time he, he wanted to connect with me, but he couldn't because of the protective order. Um, and so I'm not sure, you know, how much we can share about that, but, um, through friends, we both talked to friends, very close friends who helped us through this time. Um, and we learned a little bit more and more about where, our perspectives were on everything. I learned that um, he was in the place where he um, was accepting Christ, where he was praying, where he wanted to do anything to save his marriage. Um, and it was just, it was insane because, you know, I go from being scared and in this like black hole of not knowing what was in the future for Juan and I, knowing God had me, knowing things were good and feeling strong in that, um, to almost, it felt like all of a sudden here was this man that God made new for me. And God started romancing me through Juan and through our individual journeys, like never before. It just, we had both been made new in Jesus. And so as we came back together, it was incredible. Like exactly what we both needed with God there right in the middle um, and better than ever in an amazingly short <laughs> period of time because we had both done a lot of this really hard work um, by ourselves and with God. Mm. And how did he like, cause I know this was something we talked about. So I know the answer to this question, but how did okay. he 
how do you prove that it wasn't just like manipulation? Because you, I mean, just oh. to be clear, guys, like this really is a miracle. Like this is, he was, ah, I don't know how to make you know that this is like how manipulative and like unhealthy this relationship was that like logically this was not real. Logically, yeah. she would have had to have been on her guard and like really make sure that this wasn't just kind of a, you know, an narcissistic we, spectrum form of manipulation yeah. to get you back. We all really thought it was like through and through narcissism. We were all thinking it was very much that way. How do you prove Um, it? How did you know? Yeah. (laughs) So he didn't prove it. God Mm -hmm. did. Yes. Um, Yes. (laughs) And so there were, you know, we, we had talked through friends. We didn't, we were very careful about neither one of us. Um, violating the protective order until we knew what was truly in the other's heart because both of us were nervous about breaking the law and him going back to jail and um, so many things. But, um, you know, we, one morning I was talking to my friend who had been talking to him and you know, of course, my control, I'm like sitting there on the other end of the phone with her feeling like she's being manipulated. And I'm like, no, like, you don't understand. Only I can see when when you're in an abusive relationship. Sometimes the abuse is so hidden Mm -hmm. to outsiders, that it doesn't look like abuse, or it's not it's not visible in a sense. Only, only the person who is the abused party really knows that because it's a feeling. It's a, it's, it's an emotion and it's something that, you know, something that could be okay for one person isn't okay for another. And so it's, it's kind of this gray area. And anyways, I was sitting there on the phone with her thinking like, no way, like, there's no way that this is true. He's full of poo-poo. Like, and so he, you know, I was like, I, I need to talk to him for myself or I need to hear from him for myself. I didn't think that I was going to talk to him, but I wanted him to talk to me and tell me what the heck was going on. Like, how could he have gone from this person who I thought was manipulating everything and doing this narcissistic um, discard phase with me that he was true and sincere. Um, and we ended up talking that night in person at our friend's house. Um, and he just, it was a different person. He took ownership of everything that I was feeling. He didn't offer any rebuttals for any of my feelings or my, my needs or my perspective on things. He completely respected my perspective on everything. Um, and even took ownership of the abuse that he had um, put me through for years and, um, respected my boundaries. You know, I told him I wasn't sure if I was ready 
to talk to him or text him or invite him to see the kids or anything. Um, and he just, he let me take my space where I needed it. Um, and then God started working. The next day was actually Ash Wednesday. Um, and I invited him to go to mass with us. Um, and it's crazy because the first day that we, we went on a date, our first date, the day after was Sunday, like ever. Um, the, our first date ever, the day after was a Sunday. And he had called me and asked if he could go to mass. And he went to mass with me and my son, Gio. Um, at the time, I was a single mom. And so this day, Ash Wednesday, he went to mass with me and Gio alone again. Um, and he, we talked to Gio first, and he was open about where he had been with Gio. He talked with Gio. Um, he started, you know, opening up and letting God speak through him. And this was just some of these words were just so filled with the Holy Spirit. There were things that like, you know, ways I needed him to be with Gio for years that just was amazing. Um, we decided to go on a date a few days later. And crazy thing is, God showed up because that date um, was actually the anniversary of our very first date ever, um, 10 years prior. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it wasn't planned that way at all. If, if these things hadn't happened, if he hadn't have been in jail for this long, or if we hadn't have been separated for that long, like that, that day would have never lined up. Um, on the way to that date, I was freaking out thinking like I was walking into like this manipulative ambush and I just look up at the sky and I said, God, if this is you, can you please show me that you're here working miracles, moving mountains? And as soon as I said moving mountains, Juan started sharing his location on Apple locations with me immediately. Like we hadn't talked about it. I hadn't mentioned that that was something that I needed him to do again for me. But immediately after that prayer, God answered me in a way that spoke so clearly to a fear of mine that I couldn't deny that this was God working here. Um, so many other things that I, you know, I've written down little things here and there about the things that have happened in our journey that has shown us like little miracles in this giant miracle. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, those were some big ones in the beginning. Yeah. And I know he agreed to like get, do his own counseling, like really do his mm -hmm. own work because I just think that's so huge because, you know, I, I, it, when you're, when you're coming out of a relationship that's really unhealthy both parties need to do their individual work. Right. And that mm -hmm. both parties are, you know, open to their, the reality that, you know, we have our own wounds and then we have the wounds that are coming in our relationship and that both need to be looked at. It was, it was a big thing for me that he, when you told me that he was, you know, actively pursuing of his own will, even before you agreed to, you know, mm -hmm. move forward with, with re reconciling, he was pursuing his healing, recognizing he needed healing, recognizing he needed God, like independent of you. And so mm -hmm. what I think is so huge about your story, because I know, like, I know people who clients and friends who have been in unhealthy relationships and some, 
you know, are, ha have had to move forward with like separation and divorce. You know, they don't have this, this like story of a redeemed marriage or some people, you know, we don't know the ending or what each person's kind of miracle is going to look like. So I want to mm -hmm. speak to that. And just that the, the emphasis, obviously always hope for, and believe that God has a beautiful story he wants to write. Like he knows the desires of your heart. He knows, you know, what his plan is for your marriage, for just redeeming and, and, and just bringing new life. And I think what I love about your story is that it, it was really an abandoned, a sort of abandonment and complete trust. Like you let God do what he, whatever his plan was, even when it looked like there was no way that, um, like it could go in a way that your heart desired, mm -hmm. like for healing, like you'd kind of re resigned yourself to like, I don't know where this is going to go, but I know that my worth right. is, I, I'm worth more than this. I can't allow myself to be treated this way. So I have to just trust God's going to mm -hmm. take care of me. He's going to, and crazy things, like crazy things happen. And I just think for anyone who is listening to this, who's in a hurting marriage, that the, the emphasis is on, on pursuing healing of your own heart with God, letting God love you, growing in trust in his goodness and, and letting him write the end of your story. Like, I mean, your story is so mm -hmm. crazy because it didn't even look like you, like up until the last possible minute, it just looked like, <laughs> it just looked like there's no way this is going to end happily. Like at least as yeah. like the storybook would end, you know? And I know I told that you yeah, yeah. the revelation I had, um, and mm -hmm. now, you know, Juan and I joke about it. We feel like God Abrahamed me, you know, God asked me to offer up my most prized possession mm -hmm. and sacrifice it. Like he asked Abraham to kill his son mm -hmm. and, you know, up until the la the very last minute, it w it was, I was going through with it. Like, God asked me to get rid of everything that kept me from seeking God so fast and so hard that it just, it felt like that's what was going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. And so I just want this to be, you know, a story of hope for people that, um, you know, I guess my, my heart is thinking about those people who are listening to this and maybe have had a divorce and are feeling, I just want to be careful that this isn't like, well, if you didn't get your miracle ending of like the perfectly healed marriage mm -hmm. that you did something wrong or that like you didn't pray. Right. Cause I know like if there's anyone listening to this, surely the enemy is going to come in and try to <laughs> put that in, yes. your, in your heart. And so I just pray that if there is anyone listening, that's like that, that it's the point of this is that God has a plan. You can't like, like you cannot go wrong by pursuing him, giving him your heart. He can rewrite and heal. I mean, even actually, you know, the, the woman you prayed with is a great example, actually. Mm -hmm. Jesse, the woman she, she prayed with for, for healing, like actually got a divorce too. And was it mm -hmm. like seven years later or something? Yeah. And it was the, yep. you know, beautiful seven number years. seven. They, God brought them back together, like, and they got remarried. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, what, what God can do and what he wants to do. Um, but that you just really surrendering the outcome and just trusting his plan and that you let him guide each step, you know, and as he just makes it clear and you are just pursuing wisdom and healing that you just can't go wrong. And there's always hope. There's always hope, but it often looks like, uh, it's getting worse before it gets better. Um, mm -hmm. 
and that you know your story is that like up to and like how is this but that the, through it all you cling you cling to god like you were just like I don't know what you're doing, but I'm just doing what you told me to do. (laughs) (laughs) Please like stop me. It doesn't make sense. Right. This is what you said, right? Like I remember kind of thinking that in my own head. I'm like, this is crazy. What's happening right now? Um, but, but it's amazing. So, oh my gosh, I know we could talk for like hours more about all the details, but I just really wanted to give you a chance to share what God has done in your life and in your marriage and just a words of hope for those who are struggling, like just that, you know, you pursue the healing of your heart with the Lord. Like he loves you so much. He has good plans for you. He sees the wounds that are really like, like with JC's story, like being reenacted in your life, like these wounds of abandonment mm-hmm. or like fear of abandonment or, you know, what I say, it doesn't matter. I mean, so many different things that we carry deep in our hearts don't even realize and how until those wounds are healed, we are really, we reenact them. We re-experience them kind of unintentionally. And, that, but then we bring God into it and he, he, you know, rewrites that story. He helps you enter into a new life, but it's so important that you pursue that intimacy with him as that first step. Mm-hmm. And, and I just love that that's exactly what you did. And then God just kind of took it from there. And it was a crazy roller coaster uh, ride, (laughs) but, um, Mm -hmm. it's just beautiful and it's a beautiful story. So I thank you so much, JC, for, for sharing it. And, um, if anyone wants to kind of follow JC and kind of, you know, be a virtual friends with her and kind of hear, she's going to, she's kind of continuing to share a little bit more about, about her story of healing too, in social media Mm -hmm. and stuff. So, you know, you can find her, I'll put the link in the show notes, but is it just JC Jimenez? Is that, or JC, what is it? How do they find you? Like, Instagram or Facebook? Both, Tally. Sorry. JC Jimenez on Facebook. And then mm-hmm. um, it's Joy with Joy with JC on Instagram. Okay. And like I said, we'll link it. So just look at the show notes yeah. so you can just click and go check her out if you want. But I'm um, so grateful for you, for your vulnerability here, sharing your story of hope and that God still works miracles. Even when it looks crazy, don't give up hope and just cling to him. Um, it's just so beautiful. So thank you, thank you, thank you for your time today. Thank GC. you, Karen. All right. Thank you. Thanks everyone for listening. Bye. If you'd like to connect with others and chat with me about what we discuss here on the podcast, be sure to join our Heal, Equip, and Release podcast Facebook group. You can also learn more about the counseling and healing services offered by Two Hearts for Her by following us on Facebook and Instagram or checking out our website at twoheartsforher.com.